Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we're, lo- got we're losing him. We're losing him. <laughs> breathe. Hey, Alan, can I tell you a really important uh, fact? Yeah. If you're choking, breathe through your nose and you'll never choke. <coughs> See? Isn't that amazing? Wow, that is really good. Alan Cumming, I can see that you're still chewing, so I'm going to do a longer intro to give you the time to finish that mouthful. Hello and welcome to Homo Sapiens. And OMFG, what uh, what an episode we have for you this week, yeah. boys and girls, and those who don't define us either. Because, <laughs> drum roll please, <laughs> we have for you only one of the Spice Girls. Yes! I'm not going to tell you which one it is. I'm going to leave that to Mr. Christopher Sweeney to reveal which spice is it, Chris? It's Melanie C. Woo! Sporty spice! Holy guacamole. <laughs> she was such a massive part of my childhood. And I did resist telling her that. I know you were very um, restrained. I mean, it's so interesting how sort of all-conquering and sort of pervasive, if you will, the Spice Girls were, especially to to actual several generations, because that's the thing mm. about them. They were really, you know, it was from little little kind of five year olds to grannies loved them. Yeah. So they have. So people go they quake in their boots and go a bit, you know, jelly like when you when you have a Spice Girl around. And and uh, so uh, as do I, but of course I have my inside knowledge having been in the Spice Girls film. You were in the Spice Girls movie, no less. So you're you're an unofficial Spice Boy, Alan. I've got a thing on my, I've got a thing on my wallet, a card from them, and it says to our special Spice Boy. Oh, that's so nice. I but know, it's so lovely. What I think is so lovely about Mel C is that she was, at the time, always uh, described as being you know, it's this sort of slight outsider of the Spice Girls because she wore tracksuits, mm. basically, and she didn't ascribe mm. to all these really narrow ideas of what a woman is. And actually, she was bucking trends back then and um, has sort of had this sort of reinvention as someone who's become even more central to the LGBT community by doing going yes. on tour with Sink the Pink. And... yeah. For someone who's been through like unfathomable fame, she's just this wonderfully um, reflective, generous, kind person. Yeah, and 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 also what I think is really interesting about Melanie is that she uh, is the sort of she's the one who's had the biggest music career in terms of she has stayed in, in as a musician. I mean, other I guess mm. Jerry's had more hits and things, I suppose, but she's actually you know been kept at it and I think that's what's really great she was like the true sort of musician and she stayed a musician yeah and, and just plowed through making her own stuff and I just think she I really admire her because she's uh you know I've, I've loved her work over the years and I think she and she's still doing it and she's yeah. still making these records and putting on touring and reinvent as you said reinventing herself 
And I think she's got a great voice and she's just got a great spirit. And it was so lovely to hear her talk again, talk so freely about some of the troubles she's had and just about how she manoeuvres that and how she uh, has come to be the great person that she is right now. Yeah, and she tells a really funny story about just involving Jerry and stealing something. I'm not, I don't want to say any more, but I had, <laughs> it's such a funny story about when they left their manager. You've got to listen <laughs> yes. to that. It's <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> Should we press play on this here ghetto blaster, this Spice Girls ghetto blaster, Alan? And uh, yes, well, if you want to be my lover... You've you got to get with Melanie C. You've got to get with your friend, Melanie C. There we go. <laughs> Melanie, are you ready for the warm bubble bath that is Homo sapiens? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never been more desperate for it. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here. I know. Aww, it's so lovely to see you. I'm so excited to be here. I know. It's so good to see you and talk to you. I love your... First of all, I'd like to talk about your top that you're wearing. It's a multi... It's, if, if there was a... Oh. If there was a Melanie and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat production, I would. This is it. This would be it. It's multicolored. <laughs> it's got a sort of a pattern that says something. Is it, on it. Alessi? It's it is. is. It's Alessi. Do you know? It's so yeah. funny. I was about to ask the same question. Oh, yeah. Is it Elise? Is it Alessi? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a retro brand. But sportswear is having a bit of a moment, isn't it? Oh, how Very. funny. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm loving that. And if you'd like, like to send anything to Melanie, the address is uh, <laughs> send it to Homo Sapiens. We'll forward it on. We promise we will. Yeah, not. But it's like the the, the whole uh, our whole COVID experience has just been basically pajamas for the last yes. six months. I've worn a version of pajamas for apart from like a few occasions when I had to get dressed up for. And literally sometimes pajamas. I was on the cover of the Scotsman newspaper in a pair of pajamas. <laughs> uh, and like this very setting, they took a, a still from something I did. I you, think it's been great. We've been talking. Oh, we, I've loved it. Have you? Yeah, I've been in pajamas for the last 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but hang on. No, it's true, you- actually. We, we were thinking, we were, I was thinking about that, but like being sporty spice. How happy were you being the tracksuit wearer? Or was that, I mean, how? It was me. It was kind of, it's so funny, actually, because people often will ask that question. And, you know, I think there were times in my career, like maybe when I started my solo career, I wanted to be seen as something more than Sporty Spice. And I kind of had this rebellious stage and I was trying to find myself and experiment with fashion. And then I quite quickly learned that actually... (laughs) sportswear it's me you know and you know I grew up in the northwest of England in the 80s and most of the kids hanging out were wearing tracksuits so it was it was just the way you know yeah it's so funny that isn't it because I was um thinking about you and how you were such a conduit for some of the worst elements of the press back at the beginning of the Spice Girls and all of that and this sort of you know oh if you wear a tracksuit that makes you a ladette or something when mm-hmm. actually hang on a second like that's what kids were wearing yeah you know? yeah I know you know it's funny because you know obviously as we get older we start to examine don't we all the mm. experiences we've had and how they've affected us and why certain things have turned out the way they did and those early days I think it was so confusing to be a young person and be bombarded with other people's opinions of who you are and not recognize them, you yeah. know, like that, like Ledette, exactly. I 
kind of feel like sometimes I was portrayed as being quite maybe aggressive mm. and mouthy and loud. And if anyone knows me, I'm not like that at all. Mm, yeah. So I, I, and I'm not an extrovert. I've never been an extrovert. I am on stage, but in, you know, everyday life, yeah. I'm quite quiet. So that was, that was quite hard for me to kind of navigate. Yeah. And you know, what was interesting as well about the Spice Girls. We were never given any media training. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe post the Spice Girls, because it was such chaos, that's when they kind of brought it into effect. And most of the young artists, you know, people who work in music that you will see have had, you know, training to deal with that, to deal with journalists, to, you know, how to answer questions that they don't feel very uncomfortable, you know, they don't feel comfortable with. And, and we were just like, you know, thrown into the lion's den. So we really did have to think on our feet. Yeah. But that was what was refreshing about you, actually. Was that side that side of you? You were you were not slick, and you weren't you were you were you were like goofy, and like real yeah. girls. And I think that's why everyone the responded funny, to you in such a positive way. I completely agree. And we used to talk over each other. We you know we were told not to do that, um, but you know you know us girls. I mean, yeah. when we get together, it it's crazy. The energy is insane. So yeah, I, I think you're right, and. Um, there's never been anyone like it since, has there really, no. for that kind of mayhem? No. <laughs> and we're still the same. And if people try to tell us what to do, we will do the opposite. I'm sure. <laughs> like also now you're like 20 gazillion billion albums. Fuck you people. Do you know, I think we've we got it down. Yeah. It's worked before, it'll work again. <laughs> right. But I, I love your new song, Melanie. It's so good. I think yes. I heard it first on radio. Was it Demo O'Leary played it on Saturday? Well, Radio 2 have been very supportive, yeah, so it's cool. So I've actually, um, I'm on my third single for this album. Uh, It's so different now, how we release music and just the whole build-up and everything. So, um, yeah, and it's really exciting. I I released a single, but you don't, it's kind of weird. It all works differently. Do you have singles now? Do people, like, actually, I mean, what, how is it different? Because, like, I mean, was it still vinyl when the Spice Girls were first out did you still actually buy records like that no it wasn't that long ago it, no it was cds I cds think, wasn't it? single like cds 90s. but vinyl's great you Why know it's made vinyl? a big comeback yeah. yeah lots of people have been buying it again and and now with um you know the fan base is so wonderful and they like to collect so they like physical because so many people listen to music you know they stream don't they and download stuff yeah but you can do i've got some really nice bundles and we've done all different colored vinyl and you know there's there's mm. different versions of the album with like some have more songs on than others and, and even cassettes yes you know, cassettes yes. are coming back cassettes and are back. so yeah it's really fun but um i actually enjoy like the new world of music do you? it is very different in every way it is but you know what was really weird for me at the beginning because i've always been driven by performing and then you you know you're very fortunately find yourself in this amazing pop group that's traveling all over the world and you spend so little time actually performing Mm. or at least singing live you know you might do a three minute mime on a tv show and a gazillion interviews but you just think why did i get into this you know Mm. i I thought i was going to be going everywhere singing to lots of people (laughs) um so yeah, so it's nice as you get older and you get a little bit more control over your own destiny that you can kind of make that you know, make it what you want it to be. So for me, it is totally about live and touring and and getting out there and, and meeting the people when there's no such thing as COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. 
I wanted to ask you about Sink the Pink because obviously that's been such a brilliant chapter in um, your life that they have embraced you beyond, you know, and the the LGBT community have always embraced you. And um, uh, But what was that like? How did that come about? It's been something which I never, ever imagined I would have got so much from. It was such a wonderful experience. I was invited to go down and perform, just do like a little PA at one of the club nights down at the Troxy. Mm. And um, I didn't know Glyn. I think you know Glyn, yeah. don't you, Glyn Fussell? Yeah. He is so wonderful. He's lovely. And I didn't know the guys, but they were keen to get me to come down and perform. So I went down and I was quite nervous because I'd looked on social media, I'd seen all these drag queens and everybody looking fierce. And I just thought, wow, this is so intimidating. Mm. And I, I walked into the Troxy like mid-afternoon to do a sound check. And there was dancers rehearsing and stretching and people making costumes. And it just immediately, I was just felt like I was so like welcomed with open arms. There was such a wonderful feeling of warmth and love oh. and inclusivity. And I kind of fell in love with them immediately. Oh. And then the night we did the show and the audience was fabulous. And it was just such a great experience that this is when this kind of little romance you know, began to grow and yeah. I did Mighty Hoopla, which is this wonderful festival that the guys put on every year. And then that was the first time I danced with the drag queens. And we, we did a couple of Spice Girls numbers and it just went down a storm. And it was one of those moments that, you know, I think, Alan, you, you'll recognize this. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes in your career, you're on stage and you just feel something change in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everyone either sits up a little bit taller or stands a little, you know, people stop what they're doing yes. and they're so engaged. Yes. And it was one of those. And that is what gave us the the inspiration really to go on, do something bigger, do something better, go further. Mm. And we came up with our little 45 minute show. It was quite theatrical, a bit of comedy, loads of great choreography and costumes. And we toured the world doing prides everywhere. And it was honestly, I knew I'd have fun. And I've done prides on my own. And so I know you're going to see all kinds because every pride all over the world is so different. Mm. You know, they're mostly, you know, charity led. And so you get big ones, little ones, crazy ones, yeah. quiet ones. It's like everything. And I never expected to be affected so profoundly uh. by just working so closely with the community. It made me realize I don't know, I just kind of found this new level of self-acceptance, getting to know drag queens and, you know, and, and some of my dancers being non-binary as well. It was a huge education to me. And I, I feel like really emotional when I talk about it. It was amazing. That's so lovely. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? And how, when, when did you last do stuff with them? Has it been um, another COVID victim? It, well, you know what? It was quite recently. So we were in Australia. We did Big Gay Day in Brisbane in February. And <clears throat> alongside that, I was starting promo for the album. So I had this like crazy schedule, you know what it's like. And then I was flying to LA and then on to New York and then on to Montreal. And Tom Hanks 
got bloody COVID. Oh, that's right. And he had to tell everyone about it. <laughs> in so Australia, I'm in yeah. Sydney. Yeah, I'm in Sydney and, and him and his wife are posting all these pictures outside Sydney Opera House and I'm around the corner thinking, oh shit. Oh. And I was thinking, Trump's never going to let me into the US. Yeah. And we got to LA and everything had shut down. Oh. So yeah, and it was weird. I mean, LA is like a ghost town. It was the most peculiar experience I'd had going there really? but then I had to get home and then lockdown began yeah but you know what's crazy God. to me listening to you say that about sick the pink and stuff is that you were worried they might not accept you and you're a bit scared of them and stuff because from from like my perspective I think that you embody so many so many things that the LGBT community look up to you know like you've been really honest about things like body image and depression and struggles and I think and even girl power, you know, was so against the grain. And it's so why I can't imagine how you would ever not be embraced by them. But I also understand that it is quite a lot. But, you know, I also thought, you know, obviously, I know that the Spice Girls are, you know, very much loved by the LGBTQ plus community. But I never took responsibility for that personally. Right. I always thought, well, Jerry's very flamboyant. You know, she she looks like a drag queen, you know. <laughs> well, the Spice Girls was pretty draggy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 At times, totally. But then, it, yeah, it made me realise that actually it was this whole thing about like individuality and equality, which is everything the Spice Girls stood totally. for. Yeah. But I thought, I thought, oh, you know, the gays aren't that interested in sporty. And then, what? you know, working with this these people. This is madness, I was like, Melanie. But, you, you know, sorry to interrupt you because I've asked you a question and I'm interrupting your answer, but <laughs> I'm feeling hot, collared about this, hot under the collar about it. Because so I, I listen, like I grew up like watching like Never Be The Same Again video, like is just one of my favorites in the world. Like when you did that song, when you first went solo with Brian Adams and stuff like you had so mm. much soul. It was so much soul. And I think that's what the LGBT community identify with you know it's like yes. the bitter the bittersweet of disco and how there's sadness and thought in stuff that i think yeah. is why you capture such a huge audience with them but you know what i think the reason for it is a lot of it is i spent a lot of time not feeling good enough right. or not feeling worthy mm. you know i think a lot of people that become successful feel like they don't deserve it, mm -hmm. you know? And that was something that I felt so, and maybe it's a protection mechanism. All that success of the Spice Girls, I, I didn't take responsibility for it, you know? I just thought, oh, it's the others. Mm. And I know it's 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 all of us, you know, it's what we create as, as, a, as a whole, yeah. but I never could fully accept that, you know, I was I was worthy of it, you yeah. know? That's so interesting. I think definitely that is, you know, it's I'm always intrigued about what is it that makes sort of, you know, what are gay icons? And they're usually, uh, in, in terms of women anyway, they're women who uh, express vulnerability, have some sort of even tragedy that they're overcoming or, they're, they're, you know, that they're kind of mm. the underdog in some way, in the way that, you know, LGBTQ people um, uh, feel 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 um, sympathetic with that because they, it's something they understand they've had to go through themselves. And I think what yeah. you're talking about is interesting because, like, I think in the spices that you were you were the you were the sporty one you were the kind of the little the little tomboy one and it's almost like you were this chrysalis that and, and then this butterfly came out you know when in a way you're the one who to me has had the the biggest journey as a both as a performer and and as a person probably as well do you know what i mean i think that mm. and i think people mm. really really respond to that yeah I, you know i i agree and i'd i'd never kind of thought of it in that way 
you know? Mm. And, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm the only one who has continued to, to make music, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, Emma released an album last year, but I've like continued to do it you know, yeah. over the last 20 years. And yeah. yeah, so I suppose you're kind of, you are exposing yourself, aren't you? And your soul yes. so much through your art in that way that, yeah, it's because everything I ever do, it's, everything comes from real experience or mm. real feelings and yeah I suppose I'm documenting my life through my work yes as as an artist yeah it's beautiful and Lily Allen said this thing just as I've worked out what I want to say no one's interested in listening to it anymore (laughs) (laughs) that's showbiz (laughs) do you know what I always I always remember about you there well a couple of things but uh, that there was a vid in one of those things around the film that that uh, the spicy film that I was in that there was some promotional thing or something I saw it was like you girls all and there was like fo- videos of you uh, when you were little and there was a video of you in a dance class when you were a little girl and uh-huh. the look on your face that the earnestness and the seriousness trying to Aww. pick up the steps and just and and being really kind of like oh I got that wrong I'm gonna just I I I've never forgot that that was that seemed to be the essence of you that you're really you're actually kind of really serious about it in a way that I think the other girls maybe weren't and it's just that mm. sort of you're a real mucker do you know what I mean by yeah. that a real yeah. mucker yeah. absolutely yeah it's funny because I know exactly the little bit of footage you mean yeah. so that was from when I was at college I went to performing arts college and we all we would it was the end of year show. I think it was the third year, which was the final year. So it was really important. There was agents in the audience. You know, you really had to make, um, you had to, oh, what, what's the expression? You had to make an impression. Yes. And um, you, we, so we had to audition for this certain part of this jazz number. And yeah, I didn't bloody get it. I was so angry. <laughs> but that is, yeah, that's totally me. I'm super determined. I do. I take everything seriously. And it makes the girls howl because you're right. You know, we... If everybody in the Spice Girls wasn't the way that they are, it wouldn't be what it is, you know? But I am the serious one, the one who cracks the whip. When we get into rehearsals, I'm the one who makes them do their vocal warm-ups and everything. And they all laugh at me and I get angry with them. And (laughs) yeah, it's part of the dynamic. It's like family, right? Totally, It is. It totally is. You know, I was only, I was talking about this earlier today, actually. We've grown up together. We don't only know each other, but we know each other's parents, grandparents, siblings, yeah. kids now, yeah. you know, and, and we all went on this journey together. So it's it's something really special. I know, it was like the perfect storm, wasn't it? I mean, they all, you all came together and you've all had these sort of different attributes and it just connected. And also you're all very talented, of course, but there's sort of this 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 sort of confluence of a, of a, variety of different things that everybody had had something to give and to contribute and and you were all the sum of your parts it was a really Mm, beautiful thing talking you know i want to ask another thing i remember (laughs) was that when you did the reunion thing the first time you get Mm -hmm. share hello come in share the spice girls are doing more farewell tours than you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) when they did when you did the first one I thought, I think we actually spoke about this I had it afterwards when I came backstage to see you all and had a laugh about it, was that the, all the others brought on their kids with those little headphones on and you were there as the kind of the single woman. With- but, you know, fast forward to um, Wembley Stadium last year yeah. and, it, and I bloody knew they'd do it right. And obviously, you know, everybody feels differently about the situation with your children and whether you yeah. have them in the public eye or not. Mm. And and I, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, I, I want to protect my daughter. And 
when she's old enough, if she wants to make that decision, I want it to be her decision. Right. Um, but, but the other girls are much more relaxed about it. And um, it came to Mama the last night and in true Spice Girls style, right, Mama's in the, um, on the encore. So we've done the whole show. We go backstage, get ready for the encore. And they all decide they want the kids to go on. And I'm like, oh my God, my daughter is going to hate me. Because the thing is, once you put your child in the public domain, they completely lose their privacy. So paparazzi can oh, shoot right. them and, you know, magazines can print their pictures and all of that. And I didn't want that. So um, I also have my stepdaughter there and both of the girls were 11. So can you imagine? I mean, that was just to them desperate the best to do thing it, yeah. ever. Desperate. And was it literally you just were planning to do that in the encore? It wasn't like something you'd rehearsed. You just, it was a spur of the moment no. thing. Spur of the oh moment. Oh my God, you they girls to do it. it was still a hot mess. It was a big... <laughs> you know and I'm like Rah! they put me under this pressure when I'm just about to go on stage but then what we did because I didn't want it to I didn't want to draw attention to that fact that oh she's the only one kid's not there or whatever yeah, right. so we got our mums on as well to kind right. of you know diffuse the situation right. a little bit so that was a bit of a moment um, and so, that was lovely but my daughter still hasn't forgiven oh, really? was she th- was she there <laughs> Was she there? She was at the gig watching all the other Spice Kids on stage. Oh, my God. Just years of therapy there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully less than there would have been if she came on stage. Exactly. (laughs) She'll thank you when she can pop to the shops in her pyjamas and not get hassled. Sophie's choice. (laughs) Yeah. That's a human, you know, it's a human right. I'm sorry. Um, But uh, Melanie, do you remember much well obviously you do but times with alan and alan just said oh look you lot you're still a hot mess what what was it like was it a hot mess <laughs> what the fit i think it was a, a beautiful, a beautiful hot, mess. hot mess oh yeah that, <laughs> that time that time and i uh, and i, 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 and I want to time. know about alan as well but i want to know about you too but i just remember that whole like that summer of making that film it was like it was like sort of the, the utopia of spiciness, I feel, because it was like you were at the very top of, you know, it was crazy. Everywhere we went, like there was like screaming tweens climbing 50 foot fences and barbed wire to try and get over them. You know, it was just all, it was like, it was just this constant, I just remember this constant stuff like, <laughs> like that being the soundtrack to every interaction. And, um, and, uh, and, it, and then it'd been absolutely hilarious. And my favorite thing is like, when people say to me, uh, you know, what's the, your favourite film? And they, they may mean me to say something like, oh, you know, some clever, arty film I've made. But I actually mean the experience. But sometimes you can do, like, you can have a, it's a great script and it's great people and uh, you have a, and it's a horrible, you have a horrible experience doing it. Mm. And, uh, mm. and then it turns out to be a horrible film. Or, you know, it can be an awful, lousy old thing and blah, blah, blah. But, and it turns, and you think, oh, this is going to be terrible. It turns out to be great. So, but my, for me, it's always more important the experience you have doing it than the end product. Because like, if you just live for the end product all the time, then, you know, you're just a husk. But so when people ask me, what was the favorite film I've done? I always say Spice World, the movie, because it was, <laughs> it was, it was the best uh. one. I was just back in London, back in, I hadn't been, I'd been in making films in America for, with the Spice Girls at the height of their fame before you kind of started to fall apart you know what I mean as well it was, mm. it was, it was all before mm. all that the year before it was just at the apex of everything the whole it was the world was at your feet and you were still this, this loving at these girls I, I learned the dance moves to the Spice Girls songs 
from the Spice Girls. I mean, oh. it doesn't <laughs> get any better than that. Because shortly after that, it did go all a bit wrong, didn't it? It all kind of, it felt yeah. like the, the commerce and the business and the industry kind of was like a little gloopy, nasty acid. It's all coming towards you and surrounding you. Yeah, it starts to chew you up, I think. And, you know, with, with a band like that, so many young bands, I think they have quite a short shelf life because it's unsustainable. You can't live like that. Yeah, it's mental. You know, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, the movie was amazing. I think we shot it in like six weeks. Something, yeah, it was really short. It was ridiculous. And we were also writing and recording an album. That's we right. sometimes had a mobile studio yes, on set. Yes, I remember wow. that. I remember one time yeah. you said, you came and said, oh, Alan, I've made up a song. I said, oh, I said do you want to hear it? And they were like, you were like, yeah. I said, you said to me, do I want to hear it? And I was like, sure. And you did, well, the lady is a tramp. And you just made that up in your trailer. I thought that was so hilarious. It was just like, it was like that. It was just like kind of happening right in front of you. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look back, Wannabe was released in July 96. And then Jerry left, I think in the spring of 98. So in, you know, in those terms, we made two albums, the movie, you know, the whole explosion of the Spice Girls happened in under two years. Yeah, And like everything, I just remember like crisps, things at Asda that I've got, I have in this house and through that wall, I've got like, you know, a a Spice Girls piggy bank. I've got a Spice Girls lunchbox. (laughs) I've got like a Jerry doll. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) Like like how quickly all that stuff, normally those things take a lot longer to kind of, yeah come out don't they yeah all within two years absolutely mental what do you think when you have to you know you obviously have to talk about that time so much but is there stuff that you always feel like people don't ask you about or people don't see about that period um yeah, you're right. I get asked about it a lot. And I mean, it's really lovely to reminisce. Mm. It's funny, actually, speaking to you guys today, because over lockdown, I did a quiz with Richard, Richard E. Grant. A quiz? Oh. And yeah, we did like, we hosted a Soho House quiz. Oh, right. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just so much fun because I've not seen him for gosh so many years and um, so I just feel like really nostalgic about the movie and those times and everything yeah he was wonderful do you know what he said and I I think this is such a wonderful thing that I am going to live by from now on one of the questions was about guilty pleasures oh yeah and he said when he turned 60 he gave up guilt (laughs) that's cool so nothing is a guilty pleasure Uh, it's just a pleasure and that's so Richard isn't it that's very good (laughs) see I I always say about that I I don't think pleasure I don't I don't associate pleasure with guilt I'm not I'm not so a guilty pleasure to me is like what that seems like an oxymoron and and yeah. also like the thing is if you like if you like something uh and you feel guilty about it it's like if you tell other people there's always gonna be someone else who loves it but people are gonna there's gonna be someone else and then you'll connect and it's nice you know yeah. it's nice yeah, to yeah. share yeah. We're, yeah. So, we're so judgy aren't we judgy of others Very judgy, judgy of ourselves self-judgy <laughs> yeah I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a lovely time. So this here is the end of part one of our interview with the delightful Melanie C. Part two is available on your feed. It's released at the same time. So all you have to do is go to your feed, click on part two, and we'll continue the conversation over there. See you there. Powered by Spirit Studios.